five, four, three, two, one. There was an idea to bring together a group of remarkable people to see if they could become something more. See if they could work together when we needed them to. To fight the battles that we never could. to this podcast um maybe we have some first-time listeners i don't know uh by the way we have done several of these so if this is your first episode and you want to hear our takes on all the films to date of the mcu um go back through those archives they'd be on the jenny position podcast plug in right off the bat there jenny i like your style this has been a journey very long it's a journey. journey to record an episode. It can be a journey in an adventure to record, yes. It's a Jenny's journey journeys. through the, <laughs> Jenny's, journeys. Journeys. Jenny's journeys through the wilderness, yeah. <laughs> Look, that's just how I roll. Did All you right. guys have that game in computer class growing up? Jenny's journeys? Jenny's, Jenny's journeys. journeys. Um, Is that the dysentery one? Oh, no, no. No, that's another right. one. <laughs> Sorry, what? <laughs> Jenny's Ma'am. journeys was an old computer game. Check it out. <laughs> Well, I feel like I need to change the name of my podcast feed now. <laughs> Jenny's Journeys. It's yeah, well, pretty Jenny's good. Jenny's Journeys Without Dysentery. It might be a trademark. Well, I don't shoot. know. I feel like that's expired by now. They they didn't maintain it. Maybe. It's up for grabs. There's probably, they probably still make it somewhere for some like ROM or something. Wouldn't you be shocked? Ah! Texas, <laughs> Texas Instruments. I I've been doing well until my Achilles went Ragnarok on me. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of. We're going to talk about the 17th film in the MCU. It is called Thor Ragnarok. Um, this is from 2017. And I want to say third phase still. Yes. Yep. Okay. Oh, yeah. Kind of a long phase. Yeah. A little bit. A lot of films. A lot of storylines. Like, you know, we're like, phase. yeah, definitely entrenched in a lot of this stuff. So. What um, what was your uh, excitement level, Scott, going into Thor Ragnarok? I was uh, incredibly pumped uh, because the, it could number one, uh, this Thor movie couldn't be any worse than the last Thor movie, so <laughs> oh, can only go yeah. only go up can only go up from here. Uh, and then when I saw the trailer and fired up fucking the immigrant song by Zeppelin, I knew immediately that I was it was going to be something totally different. I loved the trailer. Uh, the trailer was perfect. Um, you know, we saw who was going to be in it. Uh, it had all the fun little quips. You know, he's a friend from work. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like all of the quips. Like, you knew that it was, we were due for this one. 
because, you know, we had a lot of, you know, over the past several, you know, movies. We, I mean, Ant-Man was the last one that had a decent amount of, of humor in it because the last three, we, or I should say last four, Civil War, Dower, Sorrowful, Doctor Strange. I wouldn't say Sorrowful, but very serious. Guardians 2 had some humor, but not as much as the first one. And then, well, the first Spider-Man had a decent amount. But that was, of course, a learning curve for Spider-Man. So we hadn't had like a full-blown like comedy caper uh, uh, entry since Ant-Man. Mm-hmm. So after the real drama and, and uh, you know, sorrow, I guess you could say, about Civil War, and then, again, the last few movies have had some humor, but not a lot. Uh, we knew we were going to be in for something fun when, when that trailer fired up. So I was totally pumped and ready for it. Justin, you looking for like a fun caper for Thor? Is that yes. the kind of movie you want? For. Yes. A romp. A romp. A so, space romp. <laughs> definitely one um, of those. From what I um, know about the comics version, it's quite different. Is that right, Tim? Uh, well, tonally, yeah, it's pretty different. Um, and I'll tell you, I honestly had a little bit of trepidation going into this one because. Mm-hmm. I remember when it was announced, just the title of the film and the release date, Thor Ragnarok. He was, you know, kind of nestled in there with a whole slew of announcements and upcoming releases uh, from that one year. And it was like, whoa, holy shit, you know, third Thor movie. That really conveys something huge and epic in scope, Thor Ragnarok, just based on what we know of the Marvel comics and certainly the Norse mythology as well. And then I saw that first trailer that that Scott mentioned coming out of uh, San Diego San Diego Comic Con in 2017, and so very mixed on that because the visuals, the imagery, just the way that the trailer was produced, it all was incredibly exciting and and looked looked like it'd be a lot of fun. I'm like, whoa, holy shit, um, this is gonna be so different from all the other Thor movies. And yet, in the back of my mind, I'm thinking. Thor Ragnarok, doesn't that deserve a little bit more of a serious treatment Mm -hmm. than what is suggested by this trailer? So I was really kind of afraid and and worried that tonally it wasn't going to work. Like they would totally just strike the wrong tone, just turn it into a kind of a joke fest the way that Guardians were. Because it felt very much like a Guardians movie based on what they were showing us in that first trailer. And I'm like, is this what I, it it can be good, but is it what I really want in a, in a movie called Thor Ragnarok? So a little bit torn, a little bit torn going into this. And directed by um, Taika Waititi, who is more known for comedy, I would say. Yeah. Yep. No doubt. Uh, What we do in the shadows. um, Mm -hmm. Love it. But certainly when I'm thinking, Hmm, who should they tap to, uh, direct the, the and, and really capture the scope and the grandeur of Thor, the the cataclysmic Ragnarok doomsday mm-hmm. event. Oh yeah. The guy who did that kind of twee funny vampire movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> right. Yeah. It's very weird. Do you think that this is just like a, um, like a hard reset after the dark world, like just totally just go a complete 180 on it and, switch it up for Thor? Yeah, I mean, if nothing else, it did seem to promise that that much. I mean, you didn't have 
um, Natalie Portman or Kat Dennings anywhere in sight God. in that trailer. Um, certainly just the, the, I mean, if nothing else, the color palette alone mm-hmm. <laughs> was suggestive of something a lot different than that very dour film that was uh, Thor, the doo-doo shit planet. <laughs> All right, so um, I think this is two years after Sokovia. Is that right? Uh, after Age of Ultron, yeah. About, yeah. So it's sort of pulling up on mm-hmm. the characters we didn't see in, in Captain mm-hmm. America Civil War, right? So it was like you got all the Avengers back together except Thor and the Hulk. Um, one imagines that the conflict uh, could have gone quite differently <laughs> had they been <laughs> around for uh, Civil War, but they were not. But what are they up to? Well, we find out. Well, Thor has been um, captured by Surtur, a huge fire demon. And um, right at the beginning, you know that this is not going to be anything that you're used to with the Thor movies because he's joking around with Surtur. Mm-hmm. You know, he's cracking jokes. And it's just a very um, unexpected opening, I feel like. And uh, it was kind of jarring for me. What did you think, Justin? Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, you know, obviously watching these years later, like I didn't know what this was going to be. I just saw the name Ragnarok and figured it was about like a rock or a mountain or something. <laughs> um, and then I remember someone told I think it was Aaron told me, oh, I love Ragnarok. It's like hilarious and awesome. So I, I kind of then knew going in it was going to be different. Mm-hmm. But I feel like it probably saved the franchise a bit because at least – for me, not knowing what was going on, it seemed like coming off those other two, and Tim, you know, obviously we were talking about this, but it seemed like Thor could be lost in the shuffle given his solo movies were not quite on par. Uh, so I think it was a smart move to shake it up and just go in a completely wild direction. And yes, Guardians has a lot of the jokes too, but Guardians is also incredibly like sad. Mm-hmm. Um, so like this, this felt like it was just going to go into the complete insane and as soon as i started i could see why aaron loved it because it's like fresh out of his mind but mm-hmm. um this is pure chaos and insanity so i think there was room in the universe for a movie like this or a series like this and i think this was a good place to go with it because you're already in space you know the actors can are, are sharp when it comes to comedy and um but they're also such like thor is such a fucking badass that he could mm-hmm. be ridiculous and still not make it make him look like a goof, right? Quill is kind of a goof because he overcompensates. Mm-hmm. Same with uh, Ant Man, right? Um, they're kind of goofy because they're, there's no confidence. But Thor is the ultimate confident male, right? Mm-hmm. He's like fucking Thunderlips, <laughs> like 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 zero lack of confidence in his body. So. Loving Thunderlips, right? I mean, so he's just like he knows. He literally knows he's just like can destroy anything and anyone at any time, but he's just also bring in the levity so i i think it was a good way to go about it and yes they set the tone right out of the gate that this is not going to be dark worlds it's going to be chaos Better. <laughs> yeah. um so he basically just defeats Surtur um and thinks that he has you know kind of prevented ragnarok which has been like the it's like the doomsday prophecy basically where all of um the realm will be destroyed or whatever. I don't, I don't know. Yeah, by Surtur. So by Surtur, yeah. We're like plunged into the thick of the action here. Already we're doing Surtur, and it's like, holy shit. And sitting there in the theater to myself, I'm thinking, oh, God, this is going to be exactly what I was afraid of. You know, all these mm. – it's kind of a, a laugh riot here that we, we – 
we've got Thor. We don't know how he got into this situation, but clearly he's not taking it very seriously. You know, Surtur looks like kind of a goof, but very quickly, uh, I found that despite myself, I was, I was kind of getting into it. And I, and I've been asking why does this work for me when mm. other movies that sort of take the same approach? I, I think the, the most similar film to date in the MCU that we've seen that is similar to this, at least in tone is probably Iron Man three, which mm. I really kind of dislike. And, um, as we've talked, you don't about, say, yes, yeah, mm. um, beaten into the goddamn ground. Um, but I'll try to get into why I think that in a very probably nerdy, stupid way, I'll, I'll try to describe why I think this worked for me in ways that, that Iron Man three, did not um but yeah this this opening scene was was pretty exciting you know thor he, he busts out he, he uh he's being trade he's being uh trailed by the uh the dragon um scott maybe help me out what, uh, what was this dragon's name in the comics fafnir i think um, it's actually a named character from yeah. Norse mythology it's sort of yeah. just a throwaway here i um, have to think about that yeah Gets uh, turned into goop by the... <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's actually a good way to put it. By the Bifrost. That was pretty awesome. Um, yeah, and then we meet some other characters who are um, going to be with us throughout this film and used to pretty good effect. So Thor um, hightails it back home to Asgard uh, where things are kind of weird. Um, a little bit. A little bit. Uh, it turns out Loki has been posing as Odin and uh, making chaos in, mm-hmm. <laughs> in the Asgard, um, putting on plays uh, with Matt Damon and Sam Neill. <laughs> that, was, that was an awesome, <laughs> that's random uh, cameo. That tremendous. Yeah, I totally popped for that. Um, Matt Damon's Loki cosplay was everything, uh, especially the hair. And overall, just super funny. Um, Thor knowing that, you know, this is not right and uh, threatening to kind of crush Loki with (laughs) the hammer unless he comes clean about what's happening. When Loki gets busted by Thor in this scene and he just tosses off this little, oh shit, it's like the hardest I think I've ever laughed at anything in in one of these Mm. movies. I, I don't love know why. Loki showing up so early. Uh, right here yeah, it's just his delivery and just I've, everything about this was hysterical. Um, we also have the debut or the arrival of the guard, and they kind of established him as a fuck up early, and he's gonna be obviously like a main player. Uh, what's his name? The the guy who becomes the executioner in a bit. But, Scourge. Yeah, Scourge. Scourge. I, Scourge. Yeah. He's in my notes. Expertly Nick. played by. Uh, by Carl Urban. Carl Urban. Carl yeah, Urban. The great mm-hmm. Carl Urban. He's in my notes as Nick Duke Mantar. So I'll just see, you know where I was at. <laughs> Nick <laughs> What? All right. Let's see a cross between Nick Duke and Mantar. Oh my God. Obviously. Huh. Um, so they go looking for Odin um, with help from Stephen Strange uh, in New York. And he, and a funny, funny, another funny, great scene. Um, when they're in the uh, sanctorum, and Strange is showing off, basically mm. um, putting Thor in his place, um, very politely but very firmly, um, sends him on his way to Odin in Norway, because of course Odin's just hanging out in Norway, as you do. Um, leaves Loki uh, falling for thirty minutes in the void. Yes. 
uh, during that whole scene, which was funny. Um, he makes it very clear. He wants these fucking Asgardians off of Earth, yeah. too. And yeah. he's like, get your brother, get your dad, get out of here. Y'all aren't supposed to be here. For whatever reason, he's not cool with, with these Asgardians on Earth realm. What did you, uh, what'd you think about Stephen Strange's appearance here, Scott? Uh, well, it makes sense, because, you know, Thor showed up at the end of... Uh, was it his movie? No. Was it the end of Guardians? What's the credit where he's where he's sitting with... Uh, they're sitting in the sanctum, and he's refilling his beer for him. I forgot which, uh, yeah. which, um, which post-credit that was. I don't remember. but th- So it makes sense, because space, cosmic, they kind of go hand-in-hand. Hand. They're the two, like, cosmic guys in the crew. So it made sense, and, and Thor was... You know, remember, Thor has been out of the loop. He... Right, if I remember correctly, he's nothing. Has no idea what happened in Berlin, and no idea what the the accords and all that crap. He he's out of the loop. So, you know, he doesn't know what's going on there, and uh, he's kind of a little, you know, trying to get to the bottom of what the hell's going on. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, Stephen obviously has his shit together uh, after we, you know, through the first movie, he kind of got it. So, uh, I thought it made sense because, you know. Pretty much every other Avenger is occupied in some way, shape, or form, or not speaking or not doing anything. So it made sense to have him in it and establish him as a future player for those that may, like someone like JR, who may not know the background and stuff. He, he, it establishes that Steven is sticking around. Like he's not a one time thing. And he's, you take him more seriously than you almost take Ant Man, uh, in case nobody knew who that was either. So. I liked it. I liked it because I liked I liked that character. So I was I was perfectly happy with it. Do we get the feeling that Strange is just like keeping tabs on everybody? He's like um, absolutely. He's like the babysitter, cosmic babysitter. There's no doubt. I'll say that they're sent off to be like dad, you know? Yeah, like, yeah. 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 going to go to him with yeah. the problems. And they all kind of at this point they probably all kind of need it. So probably like didn't the dad from Family Ties. Yeah. <laughs> yes, another he Steven. has uh, two, from his, one Steven to another Steven. Yeah. <laughs> Good call there. By the way, uh, Tim, you're, you're right. It was Fafnir. The dragon, yes. The dragon was cool. Fafnir, yeah. That guy uh, turned into yeah. Fafnir. 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 His first name was Austin. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh That's right. God. Uh, um, Doctor Strange here also has his iconic uh, dishwashing gloves that um, he did not have throughout uh, his solo film. So that's that's a nice touch as well. I missed that. I think he's kind of more impressive here in this yeah. in this one little scene than he is in the entirety of his own movie. Well, just, he just totally handles Thor. He, like, he really does. Way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so they find Odin. Um, Odin's like, so guess what? You got a sister. Um, she's the goddess of death, and she's a badass, and I can't control her. I couldn't control her anymore after we killed everything all the time um so i locked her up or some shit and then he just says i'm done and just nopes out of the whole thing and good luck and so that was very sudden um a lot of daddy issues um a lot of triggering (laughs) a lot of triggering in that scene but and then automatically thor's like this is your fault and wants to square up with loki but um then hella makes her appearance looking amazing Mm. Kate Blanchett. Yeah, Kate Blanchett. What did we think about this? Odin really sucks, huh? I mean, like, yeah. what's really his? I, I get that he's he's uh, still mourning the death of 
Rene Rousseau, mm -hmm. as you would do. Um, but, I mean, he's been replaced by, or displaced, I guess, by Loki. Um, you'd think he'd be maybe more pissed about that, but it just seems like the fire has gone out in Odin. Does anybody uh, get pissed at Loki anymore anyway? Like, I mean, really. So at this, yeah, you you just sort of give up on him by, by this point. Because you've established with Loki, sorry, you've established nope. with Loki that he can't do anything by himself. He's kind of a, you know, mm -hmm. he's kind of a doofus if he doesn't have some well. backing. So, um, I feel like the, I feel like the, not to, not to, to look ahead or anything, but I feel like the, the Disney Plus show kind of debunks that, but the movie Loki because he continuously is so jealous of um, of uh, uh, Thor that he always needs assistance. So here he is, you know, he wants to rule the world. He wants to rule Asgard. And, you know, he just turns it into like a fucking coffee house, <laughs> for lack of a better term, you know, full of, full of you know, doofuses. So, uh, I mean, what, yeah. what would you do? I mean, if you're Loki... This is what you do. <laughs> so, like, why mock, is anybody getting mad about it? <laughs> yeah, mock, uh, mock your brother, yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah. it's not like they haven't had several millennia to get used yeah. to his. Uh, that is true. Disposition, I suppose. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the whole he he tells him the story. We we get a little bit of an info dump from Odin. Mm. Tells him the story of uh, Hela, and then is like, um, good luck with all that. Yeah. Um, you're probably all going to die. And, yeah. um, and FYI, the rest of the universe shall soon follow because, um, you know, I, I think it's no coincidence that a certain other, um, alien adversary who is very powerful makes a move once Odin is off the stage. Mm. I mean, like immediately. Right. Mm -hmm. So I, I don't think that that just is totally unrelated. Well, did we did we realize the importance of that though when it happened because I don't guess I did. Like I don't guess I realized like Odin's gone and oh shit. Like I mean they don't maybe... talk about it but yeah. it's definitely sort of there there's enough I think information put out there where it's implied that that Odin is like one of the great powers of the universe, you know, with Asgard being one of the nine realms, we've seen various other realms, um, which a lot of them are kind of, um, they seem like they're sort of, they've sort of been annexed by Asgard, if anything. Mm -hmm. So it just seems like Odin in a maybe indirect way kind of rules a big portion of the universe. Yeah. And, um, Again, the movies don't really make a point of that, but when you kind of just sit there, it's one of those refrigerator thoughts that you think about right. in the middle of the night, right? For a shower thought, as I yeah. put it. Um, and with him gone, you got to figure there's going to be a huge power vacuum, which fucking Loki is not going to fill, right? Um, Thor is, you know, um, often absentee himself. I mean, it's just sort of... Uh, I don't know, just one thing sort of leads to another in, in my head. Um, but wow, dick move. Yeah, the, telling them about Hela and then, like, um, going off to Valhalla, I guess. I where, guess. Yeah, these demigods are going to... I guess I didn't also... In the eternity. Think, right, I guess I also didn't think that he, like, legit died. I thought he was just, like, 
doing like a god thing like you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. he can move wherever he wants and do whatever he wants like if he doesn't want to participate with this he doesn't have to but i i guess i didn't it didn't click with me that he was like dying dead yeah know? well what is death to a god i mean well, it's yeah what are we gonna do i think the timing was right though because um as we're getting deeper into phase three i feel like that thor we don't have there won't be any more room for odin like, because you would think once we get to, you know, the big climax in a few movies, you would think Odin would help, but they probably mm-hmm. didn't want to kind of outshine Thor and or right. So put it, leaving Odin around would, would just not give Thor the stage. So it made sense that at some point in this journey, no pun intended, that he had to go. Yep. Yeah. I mean, yeah, That's just does. what I'm thinking. You know. And first thing Hela does when she shows up is destroy Molnir. So, um, pretty badass. Were we shocked at this destruction, Justin? Yeah, I mean, I I liked her appearance because I feel like she set out like clear, concise goals. <laughs> and, yes. Like it didn't. Like, mm-hmm. We immediately figured out why she was here, what she was gonna do, and then she showed it by destroying what we thought was undestroyable. So I thought it was a really good, strong powerful debut and we get the payoff right away with Manitar Duke uh, joining as we oh saw God. so to your point there's a big power vacuum and Odin dying unlocks this and now we got trouble so she just straight up goes exactly right back to Asgard and is like look this is who I am this is what I'm doing and y'all are mine now and then she just does it so yeah. um, big female energy I like it a lot well she's been plotting for like thousands of years so yeah. she she had an exact plan that she was going to execute, so there's no fucking around. What do we think of uh, the casting of Kate Blanchett? I thought she was perfect. Oh, she's, mm-hmm. she's yeah. fucking amazing. Yes. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, I was I was going to ask uh, Justin about that too. Whether if you had the that sort of um, MCU effect that you've <laughs> experienced along the way here on our journey of of being a little bit thrown by seeing like a name star or like a respected actor in one of these movies, like you said, that's sort of been messing you up. Um, was that the case here with, with Hella? Uh, Kate Winslet would have been a bigger star. No, I, I think it was, <laughs> I think it was, uh, I think I was just used to it by this point. You know, I mm-hmm. think that was like early on, it was a little jarring. Um, but by this point, I, I was fairly used to the fact that major stars were in these. Mm-hmm. She rocked the look too. I mean, it's a lot oh, of CGI. Yeah. No, she was perfect. Yeah. yeah. She looks really good. She looks um, like she's really enjoying herself too. It's not does. like I don't know. Every now and then, you, you do. In anything. Right. Well, yeah, you feel like a <laughs> an actor. It's it like it's beneath them, or they they feel like they're slumming it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, good point. I mean, there, I agree. There's a risk of that, you know, with somebody of that caliber. I feel like, but she is really embracing the role, um, having a lot of fun, and it's a to the point earlier is a really well-written character too she was Mm -hmm. cast aside by her father who she worked alongside for all these hundreds of thousands for however many years conquering worlds and then when he decided oh well uh i'm gonna flip the script now we're gonna be a, a peaceful people she's like what and uh odin, odin's a low-key piece of shit though like, he kind of yes. is he's yes. a giant yes. pussy like he really is yeah. a giant pussy like that's that's like been one of the themes through all the thor movies right is that he he's sucks. always running and hiding and mm-hmm. yeah he's a cunt he doesn't want to <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, 
anything. And, you know, now I'm kind of on Hela's side. Uh, well, and that's the thing. She's a very sort of like sympathetic relatable. Is sympathetic strong, is too strong. Yeah, I don't think so. I don't think it's too strong because we don't know. We're not really privy to anything she did before. Mm-hmm. So all we know so far is that her dad locked her up for thousands of years. <laughs> like, like honestly, to this point, that's all we really know. And she's gone back and is going to rule. So until we start to see, you know. Well, killing Molnier probably. Yeah, um, it's a hammer. Start and more than rule. I mean, I think you're. I think it's. Old, I think you're simplifying it too much. It's more than yes. rule. She wants well, to I'll destroy say... it and rebuild it as a dictator. You know, as uh, if she wanted. If she wanted to feel what she was owed, she'd have done it the way Odin did it. But instead, she wants to just fucking destroy it all. You know, kill everything, and and it's more of a vengeance thing, which uh, I think um, probably wasn't the right the right way to go about it i mean i get on the surface it seems that way but but clearly well, here you know. here's why i think it does work um I, I mean as evil and as horrible and as badass as, as she was all of these centuries you know being bloodthirsty killing people it, we don't even get the indication that or the impression that odin gave her an opportunity to like mm-hmm. just chill out and you know, work alongside him at building something rather than tear it down. He just, I mean, I don't know how reliable she is as a narrator, but from what she tells us, he just cast her out, said, you're done, bitch. And I mean, it's like as bad as she was, he went along, he went along with it until it was no longer useful to suit his goals and just gave her no opportunity to choose differently. And um, I think that's why, as sort of hell-bent as she is on vengeance and, you know, crushing whatever's left of of Asgard as she knew it, Mm -hmm. it's a little bit, um, again, sympathetic is taking it too far, but one can identify with that motivation, right, of just being scorned um, for no reason, really, um, and just, you know, being out for blood after that. I think we should end the show right now. We've solved the mystery. Odin was the heel and the piece of shit. Odin was the heel. Hell is the face. The whole time. Yep. I like it. So, meanwhile, uh, Hemdall is sort of um, low-key a hero, basically, um, for the people of Asgard, because he just automatically starts trying to hide people away, get them away from Hela, Mm. and try to save what he can of the people there. Um, yeah, she like. By the way, we sort of stepped on that. She stabbed everyone. Like yeah, she just, yeah, uh, it's just manifesting knives out of nothing and just shredding people. Um, yeah, well, this is where you start to lose the sympathy. Sure, yeah, um, but it's an incredible scene. <laughs> it is an incredible scene. I agree. And meanwhile, but I think that's the point. I think, sorry, Jen. I, I just no. say that's. I think that's the point, Jr. Of mm-hmm. what you're saying, like. Oh, you know, yeah, you know, she's really just oh the oh shit, what the fuck? Like, right. <laughs> all right, you didn't. I mean, owing taking what's owed yours is one thing. Shredding no. innocent people uh, like pulled pork, no, <laughs> not no. the way it works. So Thor, um, meanwhile, crash lands on Sakar, uh, the trash planet. Well, yes, they were they were going to get uh, ported to. He he and Loki are getting into it. They're going to get. They're going to catch the, the warp whistle back to Asgard, but 
um, they're fighting Hella, trying to stop her from getting there and like get knocked off course within the the portal, which that's that's what sends them into this uh, this wasteland, right, of of Sakar, mm-hmm. which we have never seen until this point. Um, so it's like all it's kind of like at a weird spot in the universe. So it has all these like I guess wormholes or. Mm-hmm. Yep. portals or points or whatever and so a lot of people just end up stranded there um, it felt very like a, star warsy a little bit it yeah quite yeah mm-hmm. yep i agree with that it's like an interdimensional crossroads type of place um and then thor showing up with the lee wonk and be like playing was great oh my god <laughs> like i feel like we've had a few funny spots but mm-hmm. like the mad damon was going on but to me this is where it really felt like it was really different like you don't we didn't really usually get that in mm-hmm. the other movies, like something like this. Willy Wonka fucking theme music. Hmm. Uh, so right away he is in trouble on this planet and um, ends up being captured by Grapper 142, mm. our friend, and um, taken to see the Grandmaster. Quite the <laughs> different character. What did we think about the Grandmaster, Scott? I don't think you could have found any better cast choice than Jeff Goldblum. Because, I mean, he, he's, I mean, maybe there's a couple of others. I can't think of any totally off the top of my head, but let's put it this way. I don't think you could have found any, any off the top of your head that wouldn't have made a parody out of it. Like, Jeff Goldblum was just Jeff Goldblum-y enough to make it funny without making it a, like a caricature or a parody or somebody we sort of don't take seriously. Um, and it's not legit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, like he, yeah. he makes it funny, but not to the point where you're like, this is a joke. You know what I mean? Like he does have power wielding on this planet, even though he's a, he's a goofball. And I think, yeah. so yeah. I, I love the character and I thought that was a perfect casting choice. I feel like even when Jeff Goldblum is playing a a serious character or when he's told, you know, play this, play this character straight because it's Jeff Goldblum, you're going to get something that's sort of awkward and funny because that's just, he doesn't know any other way to play someone. Right. (laughs) Um, And yeah, it, it worked really well for this, um, I mean, in the comics, who's this blue man who is one of the elders of the universe? Um, I, I do kind of wish he'd been entirely um, in blue body paint, although that mm-hmm. might um, be too confusing if if people are used to like a Yondu, right. another <laughs> blue man of this series. A lot of blue people. And, a lot of blue spacemen. What's up? Yeah. Um, but we do get, you know, little hints of it. And the costuming is, of course, great. Um, it, and he's just so, it, I mean, it, he's, it, it's, it's like if a, if a, a dictator was drunk on the, the smallest amount of power ever <laughs> and also a high on quaaludes the, the entire <laughs> time. Were you waiting for him to walk on to Jurassic Park when he came out? A little bit. And I it would have been the first. Gotcha. I, was, I love that Loki was there, like, partying for weeks already. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, he's already, like, friends with the Grandmaster and everything. Exactly. He uh, it also wouldn't have been the, la- the, fir- the first time that Jeff Goldblum was a blue 
character because uh, what movie was it? There was a movie he did in the late 80s, and he was a blue. Earth Girls Are Easy, I think it was called. Oh, and he, oh. And he, and he, and he played a he played. So it wouldn't have been not only would would we have had another blue character um, in the universe with Wanda, uh, but with Yondo, but it wouldn't have been the last time Jeff Goldblum was a blue character. So that was pretty funny. But but uh, that's great. I think it would have taken away from him, even though he was blue in the in the book. I do remember that. But I kind of agree. Yeah. Yeah, I think it would have taken away from him. So. So the Grandmaster has that's these funny. <laughs> gladiator type um, games fights sure um, entertainment yeah mm-hmm. so um it's thor's turn to fight the champion who ends up being the hulk yeah, and it's not thor by the way it's doug oh yeah doug my doug. bad doug <laughs> the only thing that makes sense here is that nothing makes sense there's a quote that needs to be used more often elsewhere this is true yeah so he's initially very thrilled uh, to find that his friend hulk is is, um the champion um but quickly learns that um banner is no longer here um no banner only hulk Mm. and uh he gets his ass beat soundly um for a little bit it was great too when he sees him it it was like uh Almost like an elf. He's like, "Hey, Santa, I know him." Uh, when yeah. he sees, so, he's like, "That's well, my friend." <laughs> he's a friend from work. <laughs> so crazy. The, uh, the haircut was good too with Stanley doing. Oh, the oh yeah. 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 Yep. We finally get the Thor yep. with the short hair, and also in between here we get the Hella exposition too, um, which I thought was good as well. She didn't go like over the top. Again, just kind of j- showed her, even if we're not liking that she stabbed all the people and all this other shit. We're still at least getting her, her justified thoughts, right? Mm-hmm. It's the best villains, right? The ones that believe what, what they're doing, um, and she believes it. The Odin whitewashed her from history. Mm-hmm. But and yeah, she kept basically... like her entire army and her pet wolf or whatever, like asleep somewhere. Well, yeah, it's like her a zombie, wolf. <laughs> zombie army. Whatever now. it is. <laughs> but like, why would you even do that? Like, you know, well, why, might need why... them again one day. Yeah, that was part of the magic. See, Odin's yeah, I had to sleep. Yeah. I think I think the wolf is Bueller, I believe. <laughs> Fenris Bueller. Yeah. Fenris all... Bueller. Turn it off. <laughs> We're done here. Turn it. <laughs> um. Um. Also, yeah, yeah, this is a cool. And she's also walking around the the uh, throne, Odin's throne room, knocking shit over and declaring mm-hmm. that it's fake. Um. Mm. One of which is a an Infinity Gauntlet prop, which. Avelix was kind of a low-key fuck you to fans who sort of, like, put way too much stock into that turning out to be anything other than just a prop and an Easter egg. Trolls. Yeah. She's just trolling people there. So, I enjoyed it. We also found out that the Scrapper 142, um, Thor recognizes her as a Valkyrie by her tattoo. Um, So, we get, like, a little story about the Valkyrie as well. Um, what do we know about the Valkyrie from the comics? Ooh, um, it kind of depends. It's one of those, like, almost more of a title than a singular character. Um, she's had a few different identities over the years. Yeah, there were Over the years. Like, yeah, going back to, I want to say late 60s or early 70s. Um, it was weird. It was like, started out as sort of a joke and then they decided well this could be a real character and then i don't know they really went all over the place and got 
convoluted with this, but um, there is definitely a, a pretty long com- comics lineage there. Um, all this stuff too is like Sakar and and the Hulk's appearance. Like now you're getting into um, sort of a stealth planet Hulk adaptation. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I mean that story, you know, it had nothing to do with Thor um, from just few in the kind of early two thousands. But that look for the Hulk here, the sort of gladiatorial um, armament and everything was, mm-hmm. I mean, right out of that storyline. Mm-hmm. And and there's no Grandmaster, of course, but um, I don't know. It's like t- taking the story of Ragnarok and Planet Hulk and sort of mashing them up in this way. It shouldn't work, but it it really does. And I mean, that whole scene where... where um, Thor is confronted with the Hulk, his friend from work. That is such a great mm-hmm. re debut for a character in the <laughs> yeah. Hulk that we we have not seen since you know what twenty for two years since uh, Age of Ultron. And it's like you, you, even knowing it's coming, you're just like that right. is so badass. And it's a very different Hulk too. Um, yeah, I don't know how long it's been. Does it two do years? They, I mean, because he left at the end of. Um... Well, I mean, in the no, in Sakaar, right. time is like weird. Yeah, so. the, they sort of established time works because Loki. We talked about how, even though he and Thor like fell out of the portal at pretty much the same moment, mm-hmm. like Loki arrived there somehow way earlier than Thor did. Um, so it's like time is very wonky here. Mm-hmm. So even though to us Hulk only disappeared two years ago, maybe. You know, it's it's been who knows maybe a year for him. So yeah. he hasn't been Banner in all that time. So that's weird and you know mm-hmm. different for yep. us. You um, know, it, it was cool touch too having to be talking aware Hulk. You know, like we said, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. conversation. Mm-hmm. I, I thought him and Thor in the apartment was good bonding. Um, yes. Yep. And we also. Get a nude scene. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <dude. laughs> That's and right. also because maybe because around the time I watched this was around Stranger Things, but the synth music really made me think of that a lot. <laughs> all oh, through this, yeah. Um, oh yeah, that's a good comparison. It sounded very similar in ways. I think I was watching them around like similar same times, but um, I do. I mean, the soundtrack we'll we'll get into, I'm sure, but it's awesome in this movie, and that's a big. All that synth music is really a big part of it. Uh... Also, just love the fight between the two of them. Um, it, with the shoe, like the shoes on the other foot, with. Uh, <laughs> Hulk ragdolling Thor the way that he ragdolled Loki and Loki of course is getting off on it Grandmaster has no idea he, he's like well you know this guy's really into uh, he's, he's just a bloodthirsty um, <laughs> savage here uh, loves it but yeah and, and plus um, hints of what Thor is going to become later in the movie where he, he finally like mm-hmm. calls down the, the thunder without needing mm-hmm. Mjolnir, right? Uh, was also a really cool moment. So it's just it, anytime those two are going to go at it, like even going back to you know the, the first Avengers movie, it's just going to be really entertaining. So man, I I definitely enjoyed that mm. round two for those two. And so Thor is like, uh, okay, so I got me a Hulk and I got a Valkyrie. Um, about time to go back to Asgard. Um. Somehow the Quinjet still hanging around from when uh, Hulk sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> flew it there. 
and uh, so they it's banged up, of course, but they get it working. And um, the little video from Natasha talking to Bruce, mm-hmm. like trying to coax him into being um, Bruce again, is playing in the jet, and then that brings mm. him back. It well, it wasn't to co- it was to tell him to come home, right? To right. turn around, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that was. But just really seeing sweet. her is is triggering yeah, and offering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was a real sweet moment, and mm-hmm. um, uh, I really liked that scene. And then, uh, mm-hmm. I, Bruce's absolute like bewilderment and like panic <laughs> and like there is no telling the trauma that this man has been through while he's been stuck, um, in the Hulk. So. He is perfect in this. Like, I was not expecting. Everything else is like, it's surprising, but it's not too wild. But I thought that Bruce was just like way different and really cool in this movie. Um, I found the sort of slow motion panic attack he's having pretty much throughout the the remainder of this this film. Um, in the scenes where he's not the Hulk, uh, pretty relatable. Him being a bumbling mess is like is really good. Just so fucking confused. Like he doesn't know how long he hasn't mm-hmm. been around in control, and now he's on this bizarre fucking planet with Thor and clothes that don't fit. Like the whole thing is really good. It's and Ruffalo's like, you... like really good at playing that type. He is. It's perfect. Bumble. Waking up after you know a blackout night where you um <laughs> you're not so much hungover, but you know you drank way way too much and you're trying to piece together what happened and none of it's good none of it's good just fathom this for a minute fathom what would have happened if this was ed norton oh god yeah you're right trying to be like method method humor oh my god i'd have blown my brains out (laughs) Mm -hmm. i I think think would have blown his brains out i mean i have issues with norton as hulk but i don't know he he's funny too but no, yeah, Ruffalo. I don't think he, I don't this. think he could have pulled this funny off. He like he's not folksy enough. Ruffalo's folksy. Yeah, he's not. Yeah. No, he's too serious. Funny. Yeah, I, I feel like he would have been too competitive with his castmates. You know, like correct. Ruffalo, he's so cooperative, right? He's right. he, he yep. knows what he's there for. He, he knows why he's there. He knows what the character is. Whereas I feel like Norton, as great as an actor as he is, would be finding some way. Okay, how do I refocus this scene so that it's about me, not mm-hmm. the mission or Thor or whoever? Right. Um. So the uh, Valkyrie and um, Loki do decide to help, and they, in a pretty cool escape scene, they get the Quinjet going and uh, escape from the planet. Kind of. Anus. Yeah, the devil's anus. Devil's anus. Lots of lo- this whole scene is chaotic. Like the it whole is. chase scene is really mm-hmm. cool. Like Valkyrie has cool moments here, and the movie's been sort of light on action. You know, past the big fight scene. So, um, a welcome long extended chase scene, Tim. Yeah. Okay. So this is a good point. Maybe we're all get into why I think this really works for me in, in ways that saying Iron Man 3 doesn't. Um, so going in, I said I was afraid it would be too jokey, too a little too light for the subject matter. And, I mean, there's definitely a tendency of certain movies within the MCU, not entire movies, but, but scenes to maybe undercut some of their more serious moments with, like, a dick joke. Um mm. And, and I mean, as funny as that can be, it's sort of like 
there's a part of me that says have kind of the faith and the confidence in your product and your audience to have an authentic moment without feeling like you have to make a joke out of everything. Right. Um, and that's what I was afraid this movie would end up doing. But if anything, I think what they've, what they've done is actually punctuated like a lot of scenes of comedy with some really good action mm. and serious stuff. They sort of flipped it around, right? Mm -hmm. Where you're sort of set up to expect this very jovial, kind of funny, kind of inviting um, tone. It, it almost plays as a comedy, but then shit gets real. And you're like, oh, okay. And shit doesn't stay real for too, too long. But but it's real enough that you're you're not thinking, um, this is a total farce. Nobody it, it can't be taken seriously. Why would anybody um, be on board with this? And um, I, I just think that serves the movie a lot better than, you know, something like an Iron Man 3, where it does feel like they're almost afraid to commit to doing, like, I don't know, just a serious film. Like it, it just has to be constant satire, which I mean, it's a choice, but I just, I thought it was a, a poor choice for that movie and that sort of universe of characters, but um, flipping it around for me. Um, I'm like, all right, I, I see you moving. <laughs> so um, yeah, that's where it kind of comes together for me. This, as we're heading out of this, like, second act i guess you can call it mm -hmm. um what about the chemistry between valkyrie and thor justin i thought it was really good to the point where i kind of wanted them to get together and not him and jane anymore <laughs> like, yeah. like i thought it was like it was God, pretty strong like we may get a real brenda dylan kelly thing going on here that's <laughs> how it felt of course that's exactly where your mind goes um mm. Um, what did you think about the team up here between Thor and Loki, Scott, to get off the planet? Uh, I loved it. I, I think it look, it's, it's always been in the back of, um, Thor loves Loki. He always has, he always will. He just gets frustrated. Why? I love you, little brother, but why do you got to be such a fucking dumbass? That's pretty mm -hmm. much the way he treats him throughout this whole thing. He doesn't hate him. He's not a mortal enemy. He wants to hit him in the back of the head and said, you're a dipshit. Um, so I think I think Thor always yearns for him and Loki to be family. And now they kind of got to be because dad's dead. Uh, sisters, you know, fucking fucking shit up. We it's either you, me or nothing. So even though the situation kind of backs them into a corner, I think at least for Thor, uh, I think he feels finally my brother and I could bond as brothers for the family. Um so I think it's awesome. I think it was good for Thor as a character to feel galvanized with Loki um, because Loki may be... Loki didn't want to destroy Asgard. He just wanted to rule it in his own goofy way, whereas Hela just wants to fucking rip shit up. And that's not what the legacy of the family is. And I know, and, and you, you've always known that Loki at least knew that. He may have wanted to control it. He didn't want to destroy it. Well, and then Thor leaves him for dead on the planet. Yeah. And then Lisa for dead on the planet. Right. Um, so I, I, I think it's awesome. I think it was good for Thor to have that opportunity to finally bond with him and kind of tell him this is what you're meant to do for the family. 
But we totally saw him um, backstabbing Thor, though, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. He'll never um, learn. He'll never learn. That's why he's a, he's why he's a dumbass. Well, and as did Thor, so it's yeah. Yep. It's good to see a character learn from these things. Yep. All right, so we get back to Asgard finally. This is where I kind er, the last act here is like a lot, and um, it's like they uh, are like we need to put all the action scenes at the end of the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but they do the the whole Rainbow Bridge um, mm-hmm. fight, which was pretty fucking amazing. Yeah, I thought really? it was. I mean, I thought it was awesome. Um, you know, even with the fake Hulk transformation, you're waiting for it, and then he finally <laughs> does, just dives and does it. Fights <laughs> fights Fedor's Bueller, um, which is a <laughs> battle. <laughs> we'll never uh, not popping. And then oh yeah, right into the end was good too. With you know, you get Thor battling Hela. She rips his eye out, basically, mm-hmm. or he loses mm-hmm. his eye. So now you get the one eye Thunder Thor, <laughs> where he's about to die. He sees Odin, right, and kind of realizes, as great as he is, he still never fully grasps his power, and now he does, and mm-hmm. brings it down. And he realizes that the only way to do this is to bring on Ragnarok and destroy Asgard. It's the only way to save it in a weird way. Um, so he sends Loki in to do the deed. What did you think about the uh, ending battle sequence, Tim? Uh, well, I liked how they, I mean, the battle sequence is awesome. Um, a lot of great action there. It felt, you know, suitably epic um, in ways that, again, the the fear that I had going into this is that we, we wouldn't get a scene like that, but we really do, even if they do save it at the end, like you said, um, it definitely pays off. And as far as like the... I don't know, Thor having this last daddy vision of mm. Odin mm-hmm. who's telling him that Asgard is is um is more than a place, it's its people. You're like, Oh yeah, okay, I see what you're saying. Uh you're not the god of hammers, you're the god of thunder. <laughs> and uh yeah, it gives him a nice uh pep talk there. Um Meet me down so- by the bar. You're the god of thunder. <laughs> you're the god of thunder. <laughs> uh, I don't know why I did that. (laughs) So undignified. I can never (laughs) unhear. Bridge wide. Park your car. The God of Thunder going to meet me in the back. In the yard. He be in Roxbury, Thor. (laughs) (laughs) Say Ragnarok with the Boston accent. See in the Concord public. Okay. um. Put down the hammer and meet me by the Ragnarok. Ragnarok in Worcester. All I'm saying is, obviously, as as wonderful, as fine a thespian as Anthony Hopkins. on the East Coast. (laughs) Incredible actor. One of the finest actors of our time. What if, though, Odin had been played by Kevin Sullivan? That's all I'm saying. Um, (laughs) What if Odin was from Boston? Asgard run by the Dungeon of Doom. That should be a new What If episode. Yes. What if Odin was from Boston? That's the that's that's the next. Hell is Hell is right. Yeah. So Hell is executioner is the Yeti. Is that what we would have had? Yeah. No doubt. Odin managed the Sam Adams Brewery. (laughs) (laughs) See, I had us. I had us pointed in a direction. Yeah. Well, look, I'm gonna land the plane. I'm gonna land the plane. The Quinjet. I'm going to lay on the Quinjet. The Quinjet. 
I like that the the whole prophecy of Asgard, which is the destruction. When did you get back from Sakaar? <laughs> The prophecy of Ragnarok is <laughs> all of Asgard is going to be wiped out. Terrible violence, doomsday, end of the world, right? Uh, turns out to be kind of a reverse monkey's paw, where it's like, oh, no, actually, this is what we need to save Asgard in a weird roundabout way. Because we're going to save all the people. We'll fulfill the prophecy, but actually save all the people. Destroy uh, Asgard itself, all the buildings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, I love how they turned it into sort of a technicality. Um, mm-hmm. Although it does kind of beggar belief that they were able to get, I mean, how underpopulated is Asgard? You get all <laughs> these people on, <laughs> it's a big mm. ship. I mean, Mind I would me. assume a lot of people died. Right, a bunch of was. Oh, yeah. Sure, sure. You had some death and destruction, but how big is this ship that you can house right. and evacuate? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, it's, it's. Not a movie concerned with these kinds of questions and scrutiny, but um, yeah, very clever twist on on the uh, prophecy of Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean th- that that had to be the way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What did we think about um, the sacrifice of Scourge, Scott? Uh, yeah, it sucked because <laughs> yeah. he was he was just doing his job. I mean, poor bastard. He was like, you know faceless poor shit and then Hella makes him seem important and then he gets fucking fucked in the end it's kind of sad i think it made sense because you know carl he wasn't really just doing his job though i mean he didn't have to agree to be the executioner murderer well his battery dies what was he gonna do i mean well, no free- what are you talking that's about why it's admirable now it's, it was a choice leave was a choice die. i'd rather die thank you <laughs> die i think you'd you'd rather kill a bunch of people for no reason well, he didn't know any better. You can tell by the look in his face. One thing about Carl Urban, he his his characters cross over because he kept giving the uh, the Bones McCoy face for a decent amount of the <laughs> decent amount of times. So, um, but uh, I mean, it was you know it sucked because you, you know he didn't know any better. He was like, all right, whatever, I got a job. It's kind of cool. Well, look, he, he got to use the uh, weapons he procured mm. from Texas. Uh, so. <laughs> You know, he's not quite the same character as, as from, you know, the legendary Walt Simonson Thor run. We, we mm-hmm. get the neat visual right. of him on the Rainbow Bridge with the twin M16s, and it's, you know, pretty yeah. badass looking. It is. Yeah, he atoned for his, his issues from before. Oh, All right, so that means uh, Ragnarok happened, Asgard's destroyed, all the Asgardians are up on the ship, and... Then they're like, hey, let's go to Earth. Well, he wants to go bang his girlfriend. <laughs> Very well, selfish. Very selfish decision. The, uh, he should have been on the ship already. <laughs> one thing we didn't talk about before is this that was really funny. It was Hulk getting confused and attacking the fire monster when they wanted him to come in. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um, and well, I, I also well, thought well, Hella well, deserved a more defined death than we got. Yeah. A little yeah. bit. Uh, mm-hmm. just, yeah. I guess maybe it's fitting in a way that she goes down with Asgard, but it felt like she should have she kind of earned more than that in this. Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, I, I agree to a certain extent, but I think the symbolism of you wanted Asgard so bad you can have the pile of shit. There you go. All yours. So symbolically it did seem fitting. Or if we down. don't like nestle, like really see it that well, then maybe that means she comes mm-hmm. back. That's yeah, sort of what I wonder too. If it's a backdoor to maybe use her again. Mm-hmm. 
Korg, Korg gets the last funny line too. He says, "The foundation's strong. We'll rebuild." And then you see Asgard just get vaporized by them. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. We didn't really talk okay. about Korg. Um, Korg. Yeah. Um, I love also, Korg. He's like, yeah. He's the he's the norm of uh he's the fucking norm of uh <laughs> or Cliff of uh yeah. the movie. Good 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 role. Good role. Was was that voiced by Taika? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So hilarious. Um. Anything else that we want to touch on? Um, I know you had mentioned well, well, just the post credit. Oh, yeah, the post credit. So they just see like a, basically they're all kind of chilling, and then all of a sudden this giant ship hovers, and you know that's no good. That's gonna well, I think we all yeah, it was, it was pretty obvious we knew who it was. Um, you had mentioned the music, Justin. Anything in particular? Uh, yeah, it was just very different than the other movies, and we've gotten some here and there, but I thought it was uh. I liked, like, again, like, the synth music was good. It kind of made it, brought a sense of urgency that we don't always get in these movies either. And you feel it with how much it's kind of jammed in. And, of course, Immigrant Song is, like, probably, I would say it's probably the best use of music in um, the MCU with, uh, until maybe Shang-Chi that has a great soundtrack, too. But mm. other than that, I think Immigrant Song might be the best use of music in the MCU so far. Hmm. What say you, Tim? Uh, yeah, well, it's certainly very fitting. It, it's pretty awesome when that kicks in. Uh, but, you know, beyond that, I, I would agree with Justin. Like, the just the sort of synth score beyond the soundtrack itself uh, is very um, different. And I, I definitely remember there are comparisons drawn to, like, Flash Gordon. And I'm like, eh, yep. I don't really hear it so much in the score so much as maybe uh, the visuals. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, we mentioned Good point, Willy too. Wonka also, where it's almost like mm-hmm. that. The color grading is almost like nauseating. It's so mm-hmm. sort of oversaturated and that by design. And um, that's very different from what we're used to with that, you know, sort of MCU house style, so to speak. But um, yeah, all the these elements that, you know, the score, the cinematography um, sets this apart from pretty much every other movie around it. Uh, it, it really lends it like a, I mean, I don't know, I, I kind of dispute that that whole, well, these movies are so formulaic um, mm-hmm. criticism. I mean, it's true to an extent, but I, I really don't think you can say that about, about this one by any measure. No, not at all. Yeah. No. And it sets up a future world possibly for Thor too. that whenever we're going to see him on his own in these movies and we may get like a chaotic insanity. Mm, yeah. Final thoughts, Scott. Well, the soundtrack. I mean, it's uh, it's totally Mark Mothersbaugh, uh, because you know, front man for Devo, so obviously it had the new wave feel to it. It doesn't mm. surprise me, Tim. I get your point about Queen about with Flash Gordon, because Queen, yeah, Queen, Devo, yeah. sort of. But I get your point. I mean, Queen obviously not as synthy, but um, definitely the the combination of the of the music going with the color and the. It, it fit mm-hmm. perfectly. It was a good choice to have, who's obviously very well known for a ton of great, um, ton of great movie soundtracks throughout his career after Devo ended. But uh, trying to look and see what other, uh, what other movies did he do? Did he do yeah, I other? feel like there's something like between Flash mm-hmm. Gordon. And I'm trying that. to think. Was there something he did in the uh, so the first one? He uh, Liquid Television. No, that's TV. Well, I'll look for it, but. I mean, he he was per- it was perfect for that, and obviously, like I said, my favorite scene in the movie when we get the favorite scene is uh, 
is the scene where he where you know the immigrant song's playing and Thor's got and the, the the lightning shooting out of the yeah new that's fucking great absolutely fucking great like that whole visual is is goddamn amazing mm-hmm. um but yeah perfect perfect uh movie if if Feige was ever going to get Mark Mothersbaugh to do any soundtrack of any of these movies this was the one it fit yeah. perfectly so I liked it a lot did the movie better than anything all right well give us your rating uh well here we go. Uh, it took to the 17th movie, but I'm about to drop the first double-digit grade. Uh, mm, to, me, wow. to, to, me, this mo- to me, this movie is absolutely perfect. There's nothing wrong with it. The casting is perfect. Everybody, everybody that was cast, Tessa Thompson was awesome as Valkyrie. Uh, everybody played their part perfectly. The music, the color, it was bright. Like I said, we've had mo- we've had a series of movies that were like, you know, Civil War and Oh, Guardians was a little colorful, but just gray and dour. But this was this was a chance to be funny, but still fill a gap at the same time. Uh, that I, I I got your point, Jenny, about all the action being pushed at the end. I was okay with that, only because the character dynamic was so entertaining that I was okay for me to hold off the the, the action till the end. Having for said sure. that, the whole the whole scene at the end was fucking awesome, awesome. There was nothing. It was just. How, you know, they're all fighting and she's got the upper hand and then all of a sudden the new hammer comes and Zeppelin fires up and shit's going crazy. And it was just, it was awesome. It was awesome. It was, it was a perfect, maybe because the last Thor was so fucking terrible <laughs> that this actually looks fun. huge contrast. There's not, yeah, there's not many, I mean, I love all, we love all these movies, but obviously there are some that we could, that would come on and we would immediately leave on. I don't, I can't say that about all of them, but this one, if I ever, when it ever pops on, I leave it on. So this, for me, uh, the first of our journey, a perfect 10. Oof. Uh, what about know. you, Tim? You going to give it the big 10? Well, I'm not going to give it the big 10, I'll tell you. But um, I love, I really do love this this movie in spite of myself, I think, at times. Um, going into this, I thought there was probably a space for a more serious Thor movie, so to speak. And I, I'm like, well, what would that really look like? And mm-hmm. You know, you think like Game of Thrones or, or like a Lord of the Rings type treatment. And while, yeah. while I don't think that would have been terrible, you, you do have to consider Chris Hemsworth and Chris Hemsworth, what he's good at and what people sort of want to see him do. <laughs> and um, I, I think this was really just sort of the perfect vehicle for him and his sensibilities. I, I thought like like as as bad as some of those earlier thor treatments i mean the first one was okay but the second one we're all very down on he's yeah. still good in them like people still really like him as the character and i think so many people were holding out for man i i wish that um he could really like own this role in the way that that rdj owns tony stark and chris evans is yeah. cap um and we just had something that good behind Chris Hemsworth and, and we finally got it. So maybe it wasn't my preferred treatment of a Thor Ragnarok, but it was the movie it needed to be with the star that they had. So all that said, I'm going to give it, hmm, I'm going to give it a nine. A nine. Hmm. Okay. Okay. All right, Justin, where are you? Yeah, it is. So I thought 
I don't count the two Captain Americas because those are basically ensemble movies faking as Captain Americas. But I think this is like the most important of the non-ensemble movies, like to the story, because it mm. pushes a lot along with all the Hulk stuff, um, bringing him back into the world, right? Uniting Loki and Thor, destroying Asgard, and setting up in that post-credit scene, which is one of the most important post-credit scenes we've seen. I think that adds to all of this too. Like it's not just a funny romp, space romp with laughs and fun music. It's also pretty important to the story to watch. Like mm-hmm. if you were ranking ones outside of the Avengers that you say, okay, well, what's, you know, what's tantamount to the big story of this whole shit that got going on. Like, I think you put this one kind of high, I would think. Um, so it was awesome. I, I really, really loved it. It's definitely one that when I've flipped by, past it, it's on, like I'll stick with it. Because uh, it's always usually a pretty good scene in there. I thought the supporting cast is really good too. So I went nine point seven five, which would make it my Whoa. second uh, best so far, behind Winter Soldier. Ooh. Behind the Winter Soldier. <laughs> <laughs> so I mean, you guys had excellent points, and I agree with a lot of that. Um, there's a little bit of an ensemble feel on this one as well, just with Strange mm-hmm. and Loki and stuff like that, but. A little oh, bit more. Not yeah. as much, though. I mean, not as much, in the but, Thor movies. Yeah. I don't... Strange I, like I also kind of don't put as much stock in, in that, maybe, as, as you just... I mean, you say you kind of don't even count them as Captain America movies, and I, I can kind of see that for Civil War, but I'm like, I don't know. I don't think that Winter right, Soldier... Maybe Winter Soldier, cool. maybe, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't think so either. I agree with that. Civil that's, War that's, is very much like an Avengers movie, though. It is, it yeah. is. Which yeah. I would still probably pushed against but i can totally see your point and i mean there's a lot about this movie that works for me but tim i think you mentioned like what would like a like a more i guess kind of what we were expecting from a ragnarok story look like like what would that movie be like and mm-hmm. I, I feel like around this time is when i was read i, I read jason aaron's thor yeah. and god butcher yeah. and so like all that stuff is like mm. really excellent like and so that's where my mind kind of was. But it's hard. It's hard once you see this to, like, try to think about, do I want to actually see that story told that way <laughs> anymore? Right. You know, but uh, there's a little bit of, of a part of me that goes, yeah, I mean, like, I'd like to see, like, the Viking version of this movie, if that makes any sense. <laughs> no, totally you know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but that being said, I'm still going to do, let's do 9.25. Wow, I, I can't believe I'm the low. low yeah, on I mean, but yeah. but at nine, I mean, that's relative speaking. It's yeah. not like you gave yeah. it. Well, and five, the thing is, like, you know? I gave Winter Soldier a nine, and I'm I'm sort of like, do I like it more than Winter Soldier? I'm like, I think it's so low on Winter Soldier. That would, that's the problem. Yeah, that's, yeah. I, I was low on Winter Soldier, but I'm yeah. I'm still like, I don't think I like it. Maybe a, a skosh more, but not enough to say like it's a nine point two five. I don't know. All right, so I was thinking so, instead I, of going through all our individual top to bottom. Mm-hmm. Why don't we do the cumulative average this time? Okay. So as a group, here's our rankings. Uh, Hulk is last at 3.88. Thor, the dude of shit is 5.56 in second uh, from the bottom. Ant-Man at 7.5. The first Avenger, Captain America is a 7.56. Uh, so our fifth one, fifth from the bottom is Dr. Strange, 7.63. Then Iron Man 2 is 7.75, tied with Thor 1 at 7.75. Iron Man 3, uh, on the back of my rating, <laughs> and Jenny's, 
uh, Spider-Man Homecoming, 8.19. Ultron, 8.25. Iron Man 1, 838. That is tied with Guardians 2 at 838. And then we get our top five right now. is Guardians of the Galaxy 1, Volume 1 at 8.5. Avengers, the original at 8.69. Next to Tim's 10. I was going to say, on the strength of my 10. <laughs> uh, Captain, and here's the top three. Civil War at 9. Thor Ragnarok at 9.5. And our number one movie right now is Winter Soldier. And 9.56. I, like I gotta tell you, pretty accurate. I, I've been flirting mm. with knocking that 10 down for Avengers. <gasps> Sir. I know. Is Dude, that the allowed? Limitations has run out. I, look, I, you know what? I, um, the statute of limitations, it might have. We've already skipped a, a phase, Tim. Where have you been? Uh, yeah, true. Um, I've already gone through two Avengers movies. He's like, I, that 10 don't know. sit right with me. Right? Avengers Civil uh, War. Joss Whedon got, look. <laughs> Yeah. Circumstances have changed. Yeah. Charles Whedon got canceled. I think he was canceled even when I gave it a 10. But anyway, um, I think anyone can reserve the right to change mm-hmm. their grades at any sure. time. Well, especially since the movie came out 10 years ago. It's not like it's not like you just saw it for the first time like me, you know, and then change it. 10 years ago? How long ago? Oh, okay. It's like, Avengers, well, wasn't that like 2011? Right. It was 2017. Okay. <laughs> Avengers was like, what, 2012, right? Yep, 2012. Yeah. Hard to believe. That is horrible. That is horrible. Thinking about that. These things may not even existed in my mind at that point. Like I wasn't even aware of any of them. Yeah. Back in phase one, when there were what a whole six movies a phase, and then there's like ten movies alone, and (laughs) phase three or whatever. It's like, man. All right. What's up next on our watch? We're we're almost done. Uh, Black Panther. Oh, nice. I haven't rewatched that one in a bit. I need to rewatch that, honestly. I, I did recently, and it's it's pretty fucking great. Still yeah. For me. Awesome. Fucking great. All right, uh, real quick, let's um, plug our stuff before we get out of here. Scott, go for it. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Scott C. Podfather. You can follow the brand on Twitter at PTBN Wrestling and check out all the great shows on the uh, PTB Wrestling Network, placetb.podbean.com. Tim? Uh, well, Jenny, we do a show on the Jenny position called Talk and Pop. It is often with a guest, sometimes not, though. It's whatever it wants to be. Mm-hmm. So uh, check that out if you like hearing our voices. You'll, you'll hear a lot of them on Talk and <laughs> Pop. Uh, also, um, on the North South Connection podcast network, uh, Justin. You and I have a show called 9021 No-So. Mm-hmm. We're trucking along through Beverly Hills 90210, the original 90s classic just in season one. The show, our podcast, just started, so you can still get in on the ground floor. Uh, we have a guest joining us every episode, as much as possible anyway. Um, you can check talk- out that wacky Brenda hijinks. The <laughs> wacky Brenda hijinks, the wacky mm. Brenda B plots in every episode so far, apparently. Mm. Uh, but yeah, we're only like you know six, seven episodes yeah, into six, that. Yeah, yeah, it's um, it's been um, it's kind of like uh, a, a labor of love in a lot of ways. Just watching this old mm-hmm. series that uh, many of these episodes I have not seen since my youth. <laughs> so especially so early on like this. So check that out if you're a fan of the show. Um. Jenny, you and I have a pair of wrestling podcasts as well. These are on Place to Be Nation Wrestling. 
Uh, those shows are Talking WCW with Greg Phillips and PTB NXT with Jacob Williams. Uh, you can follow me on social media. I am at Psyche68CYKE68 on Twitter. I think that'll do it for me. Justin. JT the Pod Guy on Twitter, NorthSouthConnection.Podbean.com. Great content dropping each and every day. Check them. Speaking of great content, um, this is the Jenny position, and I have lots of cool shows here. Um, you heard about Pluto, um, like Tim said, Talking Pop, and um, the returning for Cal Driving. So I'm excited about that. More to come on that. Um, you can follow me at Jenny Position, and um, that's it. Thanks for listening to the journey through Infinity.